Hi, I'm Barry Clark. Welcome to the Mortgage and Property Podcast brought to you by Mortgage Monster. Now sit back, relax and get ready for top tips, tricks and advice to help you with all of your mortgage and property needs. So welcome to this week's podcast where we're going to be exploring is now a good time to buy a property. Um, today I am joined by Grant. Grant's one of our fellow advisors and we both have kind of views on this so we'll just have a bit of a chat about it and see kind of how we get on. How are you doing Grant? You alright? Yeah, not bad mate. Having a good day. You good mate? You good? House prices have risen to record highs this year. Um, it's meant there's been an absolute you know, undersupply of property. Clients haven't been able to find what they want to be able to buy or have been kind of forced out of it or shoved around and bullied by kind of, you know, other buyers, uh, potentially uh, buy-to-let purchases and that sort of stuff. And they've kind of very found it very, very difficult and found it a real kind of bum fight to be able to buy property. So what we're going to talk about today is we just want to have a bit of a chat about whether or not it's a really good time to kind of buy a house at the moment or should you just continue to rent or live at home with parents and wait until prices basically start to drop? Um, so today we're going to take a look at the current property market to give you some insight and help to make an informed decision about buying a house. Um, so Grant's run for this. I know that we deal with estate agents on kind of a, a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you? What's your feedback been kind of from estate agents uh, at the moment? <clears throat> I was talking to, funny enough, I was speaking to a conveyancer we both know really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically just handed him over a case because I need someone to help me out with the shared ownership. I said, how's it going? And he said, no, we're dead. We're absolutely dead in the water. And that's really um, that's really unusual for a conveyancer to say that. So we know estate agents are on a, on a slowdown at the moment. And we know that piece. Um, you know, they've got... <laughs> They're, they're, they're kind of strangely quiet, but even on a conveyancing note, they're quiet. And that was interesting to me because that means the market is predominantly being Remo's and the Remo pieces, obviously, are free legals. And um, you know, I'm talking about Remo. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was a shock. I must have been. That was a shock. But that, that's not the worst thing. I mean, I mean to be honest with you, conveyancing was uh, most clients we speak to in our last, say, I'd probably say, I don't know, two years, kind of since we came out of the back of COVID, have all been absolutely mental can hardly breathe for kind of cases and have just been so overworked so stressed and it's just meant that basically you know they're not able to get through all their workloads and and that sort of stuff so what we found is predominantly you know we used to be able to get through uh you know it would be very very commonplace for a uh a sale and a purchase whatever else is complete in i don't know three months potentially and we have seen that move out to kind of potentially kind of five months or so um so you know, potentially, hopefully, what we might find is that with conveyances being a little bit less busy, it means that maybe they may be able to get through, you know, uh, cases now in, in maybe a slightly quicker way. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and it is a surprise to hear, you know, that they are quiet because they have up till now been so busy, not being able to kind of almost breathe, working all the hours God sends and that sort of stuff, which has been just been monumentally busy you know um we've had conveyances every friday kind of pretty much breaking down into tears <laughs> while they just try and uh, soothe themselves with like bottles of alcohol just to make it through the week you know god bless sarah god bless sarah <laughs> she, she's constantly on the phone with conveyances every day absolute legend angel of a woman but yeah conveyancing has been tough hasn't it but yeah it's, it's slowed down really slowed down because he said to me as you guys have you got kind of anything that's kind of needs a conveyance or needs to be quiet for conveyancing, please send it across because we've got capacity. And as you say, when you look at the, uh, you look at it over the last six months, my God, everyone's been like breaking at the seams. 
They certainly haven't. I mean, we've seen the same thing as well with, with, with kind of lenders a little bit. So we've seen potentially that we've not quite seen it just yet, but it is coming. I believe that lenders are going to kind of start to be able to get back to their old processing times before. Um, we've seen mortgages taken absolute age from some lenders sometimes, which are just, you know, it's, it's a horrific nightmare that we saw at the peak. You know, some lenders underwriting cases in in kind of, you know, 40, 30, 40 working days, which has taken kind of six weeks, two months to actually get a case underwritten and get a case to offer, which is virtually unheard of. You know, before it went crazy, we could normally get a case to offer in normally a week, 10 days, something like that. That you know, stuff happens. Sometimes lenders go out and down value properties and that sort of stuff. And and what we can normally do as brokers, if if that what you know, if that mortgage doesn't go through for whatever reason, either the value doesn't like it or something else has happened. Normally, what we can do is we can normally kind of package that and put it with another lender kind of relatively quickly, um, almost if you like, you know, before the estate agent selling the property actually finds out. And we can kind of, you know, just get there quick, get it all done. And nobody's none the wiser. The clients managed you know, to secure their, their property, albeit through a different lender. We managed to get it done quite quickly. Well, if a case is taking kind of, you know, six weeks, two months to kind of go through, that's virtually impossible to basically do on a downfall, which can cause chains to kind of fall apart and that sort of stuff, which... You know, if lenders can get their processes sometimes back under control, it's been really helpful. Um, I mean, I've I've kind of uh, done a, a bit of research. We had a, a different BDM as well earlier on the, 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 this week, um, and she said that the mortgage market is worth around about uh, three hundred and and her, her quote was about three hundred and thirty billion uh, this year, basically. So, you know, those sorts of levels we haven't seen since about two thousand and seven, and she estimated that, or they estimated as, as a business. They think that the total value of mortgage lending is going to drop down to around about 220 billion by kind of end of next year. So almost, you know, one third of the market's going to kind of disappear, um, which for, for for mortgages is is brilliant and it's bad. It means that lenders are going to be much quicker kind of processing um, because they've got less business to basically they've trained, they've taken all these people, trained them all up, got them all ready, got them all kind of poised, ready to kind of jump and then the mortgage market then is kind of potentially a third of it's going to be going to be kind of wiped off in terms of, you know, transactions uh, maybe over the next year or so. Um, so, you know, what we might find is the lenders are much, much quicker. Also, lenders become much more inventive as well in the sorts of things they're lending on and the sort of systems they're looking at to try and find new ways of, of kind of lending potentially. So in terms of the mortgage market, even though it will be quieter, I think at the end of the day, I think clients are going to benefit from that. All right, so let's have a look at a couple of questions that have come up. So um, what is the average housing house price right now and how much is it raised in the last year? So... Um, the average house price at the moment now stands in August 2022 at £296,000, um, which is about 36 grand higher than what it was the previous year. We reckon house prices in the last 12 months have risen by around about 10%. And I've probably done that the year before as well. So probably gone up by some region of around about 20% instead of the last uh, two years or so. We've found that detached properties kind of risen a bit more sharply than, say, for example, properties which are uh, uh, you know, maybe leaseholds such as flats or kind of entry level houses. We've seen disparity between smaller properties and larger properties actually basically grow. Um, and we've seen, you know, house price rises in areas which have been predominantly flat before, such as, you know, London's always had a very, very kind of resilient property market. But since kind of COVID, I, th I think London's kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, areas which are commuting to London have actually probably gone up even more in value because people are kind of moving out of London a little bit. So from my experience, we've seen kind of, you know, central London dipping off a bit. Do you think that's kind of fairly fair? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, where we're located, it's going up quite nicely, isn't it, around here? It's a bit mental, isn't it? Because we, we, 
it's yeah. shooting distance into the city. Yeah. <clears throat> I think a lot of people, myself included, are thinking, you know, London's probably a bit overdone now and it's time to move a little bit outside of it. So property's going to go up around the, the skirts of London, I think, uh, very shortly. Yeah, well, well people were still, you know, they'll still be able to move forward, but have been able to kind of have a bit of hybrid work in, maybe go and do office a couple of days a week, maybe not, um, maybe, you know, work from home if, if a couple of days a week. So it means that potentially if there is a slightly longer commute, it's not every single day, which is maybe a little bit easier. Mm. Um, we're starting to see kind of, you know, uh, of people, you know, all uh, employees in London that have kind of central London offices are kind of maybe celebrating the fact that, you know, maybe they can uh, start to cut down um, maybe on the amount of office space that they occupy. Um, and maybe they do move from kind of, you know, many different buildings and, and try and, you know, pull their stuff down into kind of one building potentially, which means there isn't space for everyone to work and all their buildings kind of day by day and maybe commuting kind of works best for, for its employees and also for, for the employer as well. I think it's a mindset um, as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, you know, would you rather have a nice rural or more rural location to live in and have to suffer an hour and a half a day worth of commute? And I think a lot of people would do that. I mean, I, I genuinely would 100% do that. I'd much have, I'd much rather go back to a nice, relaxed environment at home and just travel into work. That's no issue for me, and I think most people think so. Yeah, as I think there was, as I say, the, the difference in which areas have kind of grown. I think pretty much the, the whole of, of UK has grown as 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 a whole. Maybe as I say, London maybe not quite so much um, as other areas has become a little bit flatter. Um, but all in all, I think the people have taken the opportunity to kind of, you know, maybe move out of larger cities with the option of not kind of commuting in quite, quite so much, a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, so I think that, you know, house prices have risen, risen all over the the, 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 the UK. Um, uh, they have done previously as to where they are now. I think potentially that they might start to kind of, when we talk about house prices rising, I think they're kind of a little bit stagnant at the moment. What we are finding is as estate agents kind of getting a little bit, uh, a little bit less busy. Um, we're starting to find that maybe um, some bargains are coming at the moment. I mean, I know you speak to estates every day, same as I do as well. Mm-hmm. We're speaking about what's going on, the sort of properties that are available. You know, properties available now, which sold potentially, you know, three or six months ago for for maybe as much as forty or fifty thousand pounds more than what we can get for today. Um, so that means that there are an opportunity, I think, for. You know, we'll see. I think we'll see house prices kind of moving a little bit as, as we're moving forwards because at the moment there is kind of a lot more uh, supply than what there is potentially demand. So we haven't got as many people purchasing at the moment, and we've still got the same amount of people coming to the market. So we're still going to have, unfortunately, you know, people pass away. So that means those homes are still going to come through probate. Uh, we still got people that want to kind of, you know, buy their first homes. That's not potentially changing at all. Uh, we might find less people kind of moving. Um, what we are finding is a lot more supply coming onto the market. Compared to people that want to buy, we're finding more housing stock in the market now than probably what it was maybe six months ago. Yeah, house prices are a funny old thing, and I mean, I, we, we spoke about this before. We said, you know, when is this? When's the bubble going to burst? La 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 la. It's not. It's just not. It's it all slowed down a bit, and as you say, probably stagnate a touch. I really do think that. <laughs> I really do think the banks massively overreacted to quasi. Quoting and Liz Trust's absolute mini budget. Is that what you call it? Mm, well, <laughs> is that what you call it when the cameras are down? <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it that when we when, <laughs> when you're not recording. Not recording the podcast. No, I would call it something altogether different. Um, but I mean, they weren't overreacting. I mean, what what banks basically saw is the fact that 
you know, they could see the default swap rates kind of actually going through the roof and, and you know, bond rates and that sort of stuff. They were starting to cap out on kind of, you know, two and five year and 10 year. It's and a projection, isn't it? It's the projection, projection of what, projection, it's what it is now. It's a projection of what it's going to be in kind of two and five. And, and, and it was going to, they reckon, potentially, it was estimated to peak out with the Bank of England base rate around about 6.5% at one point. It's now been revised down to maybe, you know, 4.755%. So I think banks were reacting on the best information they had at the time. And maybe they haven't been as quick to kind of drop rates down, which is the reason why I think, even though there's been another 0.75% increase, banks have swallowed that um, on, on the whole and not kind of put rates up. Some of those have, have even kind of reduced rates a little bit as well. Um, so that means they've suffered that and and a little bit more, but they have been a bit kind of slow in, in in coming down. So, you know, I think the banks have really started to revise it back down again. Um, well, for, for for potentially, you know, residential purchases, they're starting to kind of, you know, re- revise it down a little bit. And maybe we're starting to see rates come in the market that are kind of, the last couple of days I've seen our first rate is under five for a long time. Yeah. Um, qu- quite a little while. <laughs> but don't you think that's insane? I mean, I know obviously we're talking about house prices and things and what the reaction is going to be moving forward and and the old kind of thing that we always say we don't have crystal ball we don't we can't give you definitives yeah. we can give you predictions we can kind of give but don't you think that's completely bananas that for forty four days or forty five days whatever it was we had a leader and a chancellor and they did so much damage that even though the Bank of England base rate has gone up by th- uh, three quarters of a percent. The rates are coming down. Mm-hmm. That I mean, obviously, we know about long-term projections. The la la la. We know the story, but that's mad to me. That's mad. it. Wasn't good. Just put that way. And I mean, the way the markets reacted also didn't really see that there was much conversation. It's not. It's not very often that markets kind of so violently react to kind of what's going on in in, in the in the political world almost. You know, and that was. That was a, a real hum <laughs> That was, <laughs> and it's not one bank as well. That's the other thing. Because I was saying with a couple of people in the office, I was showing some of the emails that are coming out from the lenders, and there was like three or four emails in a row from lenders saying, you know, as of X Y Z date, we're going to be lowering our rate by a certain amount of percent across whatever product range it's going to be. And there was multiple lenders doing the same thing. It's not just one lender saying, hey, you know, guys, hands up, we went a little bit crazy. We didn't want much of the market at that time. So now we want a few applications coming in. We're dropping our rates down. It was it was kind of widespread. A lot of lenders out there saying, okay, we can we can revise this and bring it down again. But so some of those are a little bit kind of headline grabbing though as well. You know, we've seen some emails come and go, great news, rates are dropping. You kind of scan was by 0.02%. You're like, that's not really worth writing about, but you know, good headline. Thank you very much yeah. for providing some clickbait. Um, but some really have kind of dropped down a little bit. There's some absolute gems of kind of deals available at the moment. Some of the trackers are absolutely blinding. Um, uh, buy to lets at the moment are <laughs> a little bit tough um, to kind of place based on the fact that uh, based on the fact that uh, the stress tests are, are absolutely crazy at the moment, which means that lending's reduced incredibly. So. You know, before a thousand pounds worth of rental income, you could borrow up to kind of two hundred and twenty grand. Now, in some cases, on the same rental income, you might only be able to borrow ninety five thousand pounds, for example, depending on circumstances. But there's a massive difference of, of wiping off between a hundred to one hundred twenty thousand pounds worth of potential borrowing, based on the rental staying exactly the same, because of the way the lender stress test the ability for you to better make those repayments or make those interest only payments. Um, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. So. We've had a lot of the kind of buy-to-let market, which may have predominantly kind of come in 
and maybe taken up the slack and you know be really up for kind of buying some of these cheap properties coming onto the market. They're just finding now that they're struggling to actually get, you know, still put down the same 25 and 30% deposits and being able to fund the rest by mortgage, basically. So we are struggling with that. Now, I'll come back to that again in, 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 in a second. I know you've got some data for us there, which is, I mean, like potential, what's it going to mean in kind of, when we talk about, you know, there's lots of kind of headlines that kind of grab such as house prices are going to crash. They're going to absolutely drop through the floor. And when we talk about that, I mean, some of the sources you've got there, you've done a bit of research for a day for a couple of hours. And mm. I mean, they average between say five and and kind of 12% averaging out of what, seven or 8%? Yeah. So you've got the, the kind of the two bookends of it all where uh, the Investors Chronicle said 5% fall, which is very easily manageable. But even the worst case, and that was... Um, uh, this is my money. We're predicting a, a 12% fall in property, which is again is very easily manageable. That and I don't, I don't really see it being that bad. If I'm honest, do you? Um, I mean, to be honest, with you, it depends a lot. That's going to depend on area, <coughs> depend on the sort of properties that the people are basically buying, and it's just all depend on the sorts of deals that that, that potentially you can get. Now, I mean, there were there was an element in any kind of rising market there'll be an element of kind of, you know, a, a little bit locally of, of kind of, you know, house prices maybe when a property comes on the market is really, really desirable. What you might find is that loads of people fall in love with that property and therefore they'll fight over that property and sometimes the price of that property does get a bit inflated. Now, you know, whether those properties are, 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 you know, and they might be beautiful properties, you know, that is beautiful single-story re-extensions and the bifold doors and this sort of stuff. And, you know, sometimes we're finding that the cost to put that stuff in is, is, is is you know what's delivered at the end is usually more than what that was put in there in, in the first place. So sometimes we see those properties getting downvalued, maybe, and maybe that without so many clients kind of fighting over those properties, they won't go over and above. You won't end up having this kind of this sealed bid type of property price increase, whereby you know property one comes on the market, gets sold. Property two then comes on the market and goes, well, I think mine's worth ten thousand pounds more because it's got a nicer floor. It's not necessarily worth ten thousand pounds more, but potentially having that really nice floor, your client might have. You know, person that might have got that extra ten thousand pounds. Suddenly, property three comes on and goes. I think mine's nice than that because I've got nicer decoration, for example, and that means mine's worth an extra twenty thousand pounds. So we were seeing a little bit of that, um, and I think that's kind of not happening quite so much now. I think that people, if they are wanting to kind of get their property sold, maybe have to be a bit more competitive now. Maybe be a little bit more aggressive in terms of their pricing, and that's more than what they had to do before, maybe six months or so ago. Um, got a question for you mm-hmm. and this is the part where i ask you the question you answer it with a single word answer and the credits roll. this the end of the podcast um <clears throat> so i'm just going to derail the whole thing real quick does it matter and i have this conversation with multiple clients and friends and people that come to me and talk to me about you know one of my first house does it really matter that the house market housing market is going to take a potential five to ten percent dip well in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. I see what you mean by that. So, first of so, all, on, on, so to caveat that, mm-hmm. this is just on first-time buyers buying their first home. When remove the investor element, this is home well, buyers. I wasn't listening to that because home buyers can be next-time buyers as well. So, what I mean by that is, if say, for example, you're moving from on a two-bed terrace, say, for example, a three-bed detached, there's always going to be a gap between your property and the next property up. That might be, as an example, £50,000 jump up to get you into, for example, a two-bedroom terrace to a three-bed semi-detached. That £50,000 difference 
whether your property prices are up 10%, you know, down kind of 5%, down 8%, down 2%, up 5%, really that, that 50,000 is probably going to be more or less kind of the, the same difference. So if you're a next time buyer, I would say not necessarily is going to make a, a, a massive difference. Also, anyone that's kind of owned property for really longer than a year or so, they will have seen kind of a, a pretty hefty kind of price increase in, in, in the last couple of years, potentially. So, you know, if you have owned your property for, say, longer than a year, if there is a, a, a correction as such, whether it be 5% or 8% or whatever else it is, you know, is that going to put you into negative equity? Probably not. Um, is anyone that's kind of purchasing now going to be in a problem with potentially negative equity? Possibly not, because now they're getting a better deal than what they were before anyway. So some of that's already been taken into account. Um if you are looking to, if you're a first-time buyer, if you are looking to buy and your options are kind of are going to be to kind of rent um, rather than potentially buy, um, possibly won't make a difference. Um, if you're a first-time buyer living home with, with mum and dad, that might make a bit of a difference because you can actually afford to kind of hang on and wait till kind of, you know, property prices do potentially bottom out. I don't know when it's going to be, how long it's going to be, what's going to happen. Potentially, you know, what we find at the moment is that it's, it's a buyer's market. So a buyer's got a massive choice of property. And when the property market does potentially bottom out, it means that unless you're kind of one of the first ones in there and ahead of the curve, potentially you're going to have a much lesser supply of, of properties and it's going to become then, um, you know, much more difficult kind of buyers in the first place. Um, to actually get ahead. So at the moment, it is, a, it is very much a buyer's market. You get a massive choice of property. If and when it does potentially bottom out at that point, it will then become a seller's market because there's loads of people fighting over kind of the, the, the same property. Um, going back to, you know, who will be better and who will be worse off, look, potentially, you know, if your options are to be to kind of, you know, buy a property now, say, for example, I don't know, £200,000 or rent for £1,000 a month, if property prices do drop by, say, for example, I don't know, let's say, Five uh, percent, for example, which is a, a ten thousand um, pound potentially. You know, you could save ten thousand pounds on on your, on your property potentially. Um, if you're in rental at the moment and you've got to wait a year um, for your rental at thousand pounds a month, and then when you buy a property, and it's still going to take kind of between three and six months to go through. Potentially, you might have thrown best part of you know eighteen grand away on 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 renting. You know, the property price itself may only lose. You know, grand. best part of kind of eight grand plus as well. The mortgage payments you're making, the same mortgage payments you're paying as of rent, you're going to be paying off some of your capital anyway. So, you know, if you're going to be renting that sort of stuff, I don't think it'll make a massive difference at, at, at the moment, potentially. I'm 100% with you. I don't think it makes it. I mean, it does. I mean, I can't, I don't want to go out to everyone and say, don't worry about your money. But <clears throat> if you're a first time buyer or a home mover, I don't think it makes a bit of difference because you're going to, you're, you're going to throw dead money at rent. And you could actually have your property. And if it's your home and you're going to hold it, it's, it's it's not a bad time. If you're an investor, okay, it's different. Because stress tests are tough at the moment. You can't get as much money. So you're having to plow in a lot of your... Invest, you just can't get it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think as we were saying earlier on today, um, you know, it, <laughs> the real struggles are going to come back on for the buyers out there, for the people that are trying to get on the ladder. The struggles are going to come back on when you're on a podcast with someone talking about stress tests going down to 5% again. Because yeah. that means all the investors are going to try and snap up all the little deals. And they're they're sharks. They're waiting. They're sitting on that money. They're not investing right now. And they are literally waiting for the, the stress test to come down. I've got people calling me every day, literally, genuinely, really yeah. calling me every day well? saying, Grant, what's the stress test at the moment? Is there any lenders What about this? What about this? Can I do it? Can I do it? All the time. So as soon as that, 
I really don't think that house pricing drop is obviously it's the subject of the podcast, and yeah, it's going to take, it's going to stagnate, it's going to come down a bit. But I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference for a first time buyer, for a home mover. I don't think it makes a difference either. Um, and now is the time. As soon as the buy to let market comes back on stream, the whole thing is going to change again. So we're going to be going back the other way. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, just to kind of what we mean by that of kind of stress testing is so. Um, at the moment, when you try and buy a property as a as a buy to let, historically, um, for uh, so for example, you wanted to borrow. I'm going to talk for and also going to get the calculator results. So I'm kind of play around with it a little bit. So excuse my clicking in the background. Um, so stress test just basically means that when a lender, if say for example your mortgage rate was say for example I don't know three percent for example, then it's going to want to stress test that. To make sure it's all okay, it may be four and a half percent or maybe even five percent. To make sure if rates do go up again, you're a little bit safe. And what they do then uh, with that also stress is slightly higher is then times it by another figure, which might be say one point two five or one point four five, just to make sure it definitely does all break even potentially yeah, on the rents, obviously on the on, on the rental side of it. So and based on that, uh, you may have to put in a minimum of 25 percent deposit, but you may have to put a little bit more. If, say, for example, the rental doesn't quite stack up. So what we're seeing, for example, on you know, entry level properties such as you know one bed and two bedroom flats and very smaller two bedroom terraced houses in this area, you're able to buy those with kind of you know a a a 25% deposit. What we found previously potentially is the fact that you could then buy you know maybe much larger properties such as then you know the, the property income isn't exponential based on property price. So if, say for example you had something that was I don't know, £200,000 and give you £1,000 a month rental, it's unlikely that saying that was £400,000 would bring you £2,000 a month rental. Yeah. So what you might have found is, is for the bigger properties, you might have had to throw a bit more money in or something like that. But certainly kind of the smaller properties, they, they did break even this area, at least, didn't they? So in terms of kind of stress test, which means that, you know, people were able to purchase with um, normally about 25% deposits, sometimes 30%, but kind of there or thereabouts. Um, so just give you some sort of idea. Um, if you were a, a lower rate stress test payer, for example, and lenders were stressing at 5.5%, um, potentially in order to borrow, uh, to buy property for 250000 as an investment of 25% deposit, you're going to be buying something at 187, you'll be borrowing 187500 which is 75% loan to value. Mm -hmm. uh, I must be careful not to speak too fast because before I got told I was speaking too fast on the yeah. podcast. So potentially, if you're looking to borrow 187,500, stress test previously could have meant you have to find you have to that property has to rent for just over a thousand pounds a month. Yeah. Um, if we look at today's stress test, which is the same, but let's pick a lender, popular lender, that same property would now have to rent for nearly 1,700 pounds. Is that with the orange logo, the three yep. word? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so, so potentially, if you're a high rate taxpayer. That property would need to come would need to command almost two thousand pounds worth of rental. So it's almost doubled in terms of rental commanded for the amount that you want to borrow, which means that people aren't getting those rentals, they have to come up with the extra money themselves. So before you could have put say a 25% deposit in, now you may have to put in, for example, a 50 or even 60% deposit in, in, in some cases, which means a lot of people are looking to buy and buy to let at the moment, they're all going, nah, wait. I mean, why are you going to throw away money? 
<laughs> Literally, why are you going? To? They won't break even with that, you know, no, potentially you got, a lot of cases. Got, they're not going to. And they're not going to, you know, obviously, yes, we can get. If you're in a situation where it's different, you're doing a concessionary purchase, you're buying Nan's house, don't let it go because of all the memories, but you're going to go ahead and let it out. And get, yeah, you can do top slicing. You can use some of your yeah. income with some of the lenders. So you're not, you know, you're never Still pigeonholed. You know, you're never like, oh, I can't do that. And it depends on the circumstances. But for, for raw sharks that are out there just trying to snap up the market, they're all waiting. Circling. Uh, and they're, they're, that's the best. That's the best thing you could say. God's honest truth. They're yeah. circling. They're literally waiting. As soon as the market goes back, it's great business available at the moment. Everything's going to go insane again. And it's mm-hmm. and there, and I really mean this. I've got two of my really good clients that are calling me every day. Even guy, they call me, you know, Peter again. I'm not going to say his last name, but Peter called me from Portugal to ask me about. It. Oh, it's not like he's like, he's like listen, Grant. When's it? What's it looking at? And it's just they're they're looking every day. So, um, is it a bad time to buy a property? No, I don't think it is. There's no. lots of opportunities. The thing you'll find is there's lots of opportunities out there for property, which maybe, you know, we're seeing props. I was speaking to one of the other guys, to estate agents, to, to David, a meeting with him this morning and just talking about, you know, how the, the market is and that sort of stuff. And you can buy stuff now, which has sold at the heights of maybe, say, for example, six months ago. Potentially it's overpriced, who knows? But those same people now that had sold their property six months ago, and for whatever reason, it kind of, or three months ago, they changed, kind of fallen apart. They're now trying to resell these properties again. Uh, to, to Today, we, we saw a bungalow that was previously sold for 360000 And potentially now, uh, I know that the vendor would take um, uh, 300000 So potentially for those real bargains, you know, you find six, that's in some cases on that particular property, best part of a 20% saving now. You will find opportunities like that. And that's the thing is I would say, you know, look for opportunities. Go to a stage and say, look, you know, I'm looking to buy my first property. What can you show me? That's, that's a really good bargain at the moment because, you know, if you ask in the first time buyer, you can still get kind of relatively competitive rates. Yes, they weren't what they were before. I agree with that. home what they weren't before. And yes, if you wait, they may go higher potentially. Um, will they come back down again? Everyone's saying, yes, they might. How quickly, you know, those mortgage rates and payments come back down again afterwards? I don't know, but really all we need from the market in order for everything to get going again is probably a bit of stability. So even if, you know, rates do go up and they kind of stay there for a bit and they drop down a little bit, even if it's kind of steady then, I think that will give confidence for kind of the, the, the property market moving forwards. We've seen a lot of people that are holding back waiting, seeing all kind of, you know, newspaper articles about house prices can drop, house prices, and nothing sells papers quicker than articles or nothing is clickbait quicker than going, house prices are going to drop. Mr. Mortgage Master, I'm coming in. I want to buy my property and I'm looking at putting my application in at 5.5% at la 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 lender. What happens is as we close in towards completion four months down the line, mm-hmm. A, another lender that I've got my offer with have dropped their rates by a percent. What Easy. can I do? Easy on that one. What can I do, Mr. Mortgage? Am I now pigeonholed into my 5.5% rate? Or can I potentially go and look for a better rate to complete with another bank? Um, with another bank, it's going to take a bit longer. So, so first of all, you talk about. So, if say, so, I don't. So, I hear what you're saying, and uh, it's very easy to do with the same lender. So, say for example, a lender has dropped their rates from rates, say for example, four five point five as an example, down to say four point five. Then potentially we can go to the lender and go. Is there a possibility, please, that we can um, redo the product? And the majority of lenders, I can't really even think of one that wouldn't allow you to do that. They'll rerun the whole application and say, your 95% lenders will allow you to kind of change the product um, without losing 
the, all of the underwriting and that sort of stuff is only going to put you in, in, in a better position. Mm-hmm. The issue is really going to come if you want to try and change lender at the 11th hour because we're still going to put mortgage application and still be underwriting, still going to be, you know, evaluation of the property, and be all these other different bits and pieces that potentially uh, will need to kind of go ahead. So it depends on how quick we can get that done. But look, you know, if we can save client money anywhere, we'll give it a punt. You know, if if, if we suddenly, you know, the, the mortgage is coming through, the mortgage offers out, been out kind of a couple of months, um, potentially if there's a, a low rate that comes in, we want to make sure clients have always got the lowest rate. So yeah, sure, just check with us, you know, is there a low rate that I could possibly get? Let me just double check that for you. Um, if there's a low rate, we'll switch it straight over it's from the same lender if that's possible. Um, if there's a low rate from another lender, definitely we'll have a chat about it and we'll have a look and just see what you want to do. You know, just be aware that, you know, when you do start having potentially a new mortgage application going, uh, that mortgage application is, is you're basically going to have a value one to go out to the property. And when you have a value go out to properties uh, that have already got a mortgage offer in this stage and starts to get a bit scared and starts to get really, really wobbly um, and will start to maybe sometimes freak out, uh, especially, you know, the person selling the property might go, well, I thought it was all done and dusted. Why are we having another kind of, uh, why are we having a, another surveyor in? And that might freak them out enough to want to put them back on the market potentially. So, you know, we'll do whatever we can to make sure that that, that, that is all okay. Um, and we'll try and save people as much as we possibly can. In terms of kind of mortgage rates and that sort of thing, lenders, uh, how comfortable they feel in terms of like prices going up, price going down, that sort of stuff, is the fact that we're still able to get 95% loan to value mortgages at the moment. Now, if all lenders were kind of very, very certain the house prices were going to drop by 5% or 10%, I don't think there'd be that many offering offering 95% loan to value or 5% deposit deals because no bank wants to own a load of property, but loads like, you know, 10 high street lenders, for example, is, is the Benman are offering, still offering 95% loan to value mortgages. So, you know, I feel they feel quite confident in maybe property prices not dropping quite so much. If if we were kind of new property prices going to drop by 5 or 10%, we'd see a massive eradication of those, those 5% deposit deals. 95% um, deposit deals are backed by the government guarantee scheme, aren't they? 90%. Not, not all of them. No, not all of them, some of them. Yep. 90% aren't backed by the nope. government. And that's where I think is a better indicator, don't you? So no, as I say, no, no lender really wants to, to, to lend. A lender wants to really kind of, you know, try and pull back the amount of time, effort and money it takes to kind of repossess someone who's got, who's a negative equity size that don't want to have the property anymore because of that particular reason. Yeah. Um, so I do believe that we would see kind of, you know, a much higher percentage of, of you know, a much higher percentage of kind of lenders pulling out of those sorts of five and ten percent deposit deals if, if they were kind of fairly certain that you know a, a house price, you know, correction was kind of coming more so than it is now. Um, in terms of rates, look, you know, I would love it if rates were to say, for example, you know, go down from from, from this point, but I don't think they will. No, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think you know, on the estimations that we can see. We're potentially maybe seeing Bank of England interest rates increase interest rates by about another percent and a half, maybe two percent. Um, by kind of you know, between next, mm, it's going to maybe cap out sometime between May and August, September time, potentially is, is on the date that we're seeing, but that is data from from you know, independent sources and all different people. So we're not just going to one particular thing, we're having a good look around. And please don't take those gospel because we're yeah, not economists, we're an amazing regurgitative information we've seen from other sources, but you know, from a lot of the professionals we, we, we're speaking to, we're seeing, you know, we are going to see that I believe rates are going to go up by a little bit more than, than what they are now, unless something radical happens with inflation, which is unlikely to kind of happen. 
Bank of England basically is going to say, you know, four and a half, four point seven five, maybe even kind of five percent. Um, and so because of that, if mortgage lenders still have the same margins now, we might see mortgage rates that say, for example, you know, uh, maybe as much as kind of, you know, six, six and a half percent as to how long that'll be for. I don't know how quick it's going to go down. We're not overly sure. Um, but certainly, you know, finding something now, I think is going to be a really good idea because there are some stuff out there that is people are in situations they just they, they want to be out of. And in any in any kind of, of market, if you can find something now, which is which is a, a bit of a bargain, even the house prices would have a bit of a correction, you're going to be pretty insulated from that, basically. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I personally don't think there's any a bad time. There's ever a bad time not to be looking for your residential house. I don't because so we're going to do sit the same thing out for three years until it completes goes back to where it was. Then you're going to spend you know um, London, but so rent in London eighteen hundred pound. You can spend eighteen hundred pound thirty six months to sort yourself out. How much money are you going to throw in the bin? You're going to throw sixty seven sixty seven thousand pounds in the bin. For what? You know, what are you going to gain out of it? You're not going to, it's not even your property. And if you'd have paid your mortgage up for 36 months, you would have paid a decent bit. Chunk not bit off. Yeah, bit into the capital. So, no, looking at everything around it, I think it's, it's never not a good time to buy your your residential. Buy to let. We'll see. I mean, what we will find, as I say, like you say, is I think at the moment, kind of with buy to let, you know, purchase kind of held at bay. Um, I do think there's certainly less kind of competition in the market for people buying at the moment, which is a really, really good thing. Um, and I do feel, like you say, that once the stress has kind of come down a bit and once uh, buy-to-let borrowers are able to potentially, um, you know, enjoy kind of slightly lower rates of stress testing, maybe we might find that there is suddenly, you know, more of demand for kind of buy-to-let property. Um, potentially there'll be more buy-to-let property, you know, but there'll be less buy-to-let property around at the moment. Buy-to-let investors are kind of getting squeezed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We know of a couple of kind of relatively large ones that are looking to kind of sell some of their portfolios because they're not kind of making massive sense at the moment. They get rid of some stuff that isn't kind of doing particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might see that, you know, there's less rental stock available where buy-to-let investors kind of sold some of their properties. Um, that unfortunately is going to have an adverse effect on pushing rents up anyway. Mm. There's less rental property around. Um, which will increase, um, you know, the amount of people kind of want to charge for rental property, unfortunately. Um, but what that will mean then is the fact that, you know, when lenders can borrow a bit more, again, kind of buy to let, um, potentially rent's going to be higher, which is more attractive for, for buy to let even though they're being taxed through those a bit more. The first buy to let lender that dips their toe into the 5% stress test <laughs> is going to have a very busy, busy month. <laughs> they may be quite busy. Um, you did so, mention earlier on also about um, the whole thing being a buyer's market didn't you that mm-hmm. was a conversation we had earlier on mm-hmm. um do you want to kind of elaborate on that or well, i got think- it wrong the first time <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so we hear some kind of buyers and sellers market all the time basically so um a seller's market is where say for example as the seller you have the power um because there's lots and lots of people trying to buy your property so if you like you can always play those all off against each other so you have the upper hand um as a seller in a seller's market um, in a buyer's market, you, the buyer, have the upper hand. So that means that you have a choice of much more property and it was more desperate to kind of sell to you. So you have a bit of the upper hand. And I would say that it has predominantly been, been a seller's market up until probably three, four months ago. And I think it's changed now for it to be a bit more of, of, of a buyer's market, whereby really if you're the buyer now, you've kind of pretty much got, got all, all, you know, a lot more power than what you had, say, going back six months ago, whereby you were just being, you know, kicked around and, you know, making making an, an offer at asking price was almost deemed as being laughable. Um, going back three or six months, and 
people were fighting over properties left, right and centre. Now we're finding that slowed down quite a lot. Um, and we find now that as the buyer, really, you're going to have the upper hand because, you know, you have a lot better chance of getting potentially your property either at asking price or certainly a bit below asking price. So it's really about who has uh, the upper hand in that market, really. Potentially, in any market where there's an oversupply property, there's going to be some bargains out there. So, uh, you know, buying something is a bit of a bargain. Taking advantage is, 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 is the wrong word, but finding somebody who's in a, who's in a position who has to sell now for a certain reason, whatever that reason might be, will have to be more competitive than others. So I'd say, you know, look out for those deals. And you know what? You know, we say this time and time again in our podcast, ask estate agents because they will know what are potentially the best deals that you can potentially buy as a first-time buyer or, you know, as an investor, whatever else it might be, speak to estate agents. They might know that Mr. and Mrs. Smith are in a desperate position to sell. They've now found a property and they might take £20,000 less than the asking price, which is what they were not happy to accept maybe three, four weeks ago. But now they are because they found a property. So do ask a stage. Look, you know, I'm trying to find something that's a bit of a bargain at the moment. I want, you know, a, a, a two bedroom bungalow. What is the best value, in your opinion? What is the best value? Why is it the best value bungalow that I can find for, for kind of my budget? The stage will happily tell you and give you all of their advice and knowledge completely free. Um, so I would say, you know, ask the estate agent, what is the best value thing that, that I can buy? And it means that if you live in that property, three, four, five, 10 years, 20 years, you're born achieving what it should have been, which is absolutely fantastic. So I would say really look for look for the, the best value product or property that you can find. I remember you saying to me when I first started here, you said clients, when they come in, they don't buy a mortgage, they buy a house. They do. And you're buying comfort, you're buying independence, you're buying a lifestyle. And therefore, I, and that's why I've always been saying, I don't think a house price is, makes a difference. Because if you're going to buy something that you're going to love and live in, you buy a property, and that's what you should be looking for, a property. If you can afford it, you can do it. And if it's within your budget, there shouldn't be anything stopping you. Just because the newspapers are telling you that the house price is going to drop to 50p a house within the next 10 years, cobblers. I was comfortable for you and go and live in it and enjoy your life because at the end of the day you only get one of these goes anyway don't you don't get there's no reset button you never get another chance over. 100% we, we, we have clients who are you know desperate to move move out from from mum and dad and you know start their, their new lives together as, as, as a couple yes it might have cost them £150 a month more than what it was you know two or three months ago really in the whole grand scheme of things if you had the opportunity to live on your own and it's the only thing stopping you is, is, is you know £100-£150 a month then I would find that happening in in a in very few amount of cases. Like say, say for example, same thing if you're looking to go for a two bedroom flat and maybe you had, you know, two or three children, or you're all kind of falling each other and it's two bedroom flat, does it matter it's now going to cost you another hundred and fifty pounds more or two hundred pounds more than what it was before? For your sanity, if it's affordable, then you're still gonna to want to do that because the difference it makes to your lifestyle is far out, you know, is worth far more than Fifty pounds a week, for example. 100%. But you know what I mean. But that that might make it. It will make a bit of a difference to your to as I say that the, the the difference in which that joy brings is going to be far outweighed by what it might potentially cost you. So what I would say is take the opportunity. Please don't be kind of you know too worried and, and frightened. You know, ask us the questions. What are my mortgage payments now? What will they be if the rate was this amount? You know, pump us for information. We'll give you as much as as you basically need in order to make you feel safe and secure a decision that you make or, or don't make. But potentially. The other thing I would say is if you did hang on until kind of, you know, prices were or, or rates were on their way back down again, like you say, you might find the buy to let's come back in again. Uh, the investors start, you know, properly circling and potentially your opportunity to get a really good deal 
But as rates go down, prices are going to go back up. So you're, you're definitely stuck within the catch-22. Yeah. Because if 100%. the rates are going down, the prices are going up. So you're thinking, well, now the price is a bit more, it's more out of my affordability range. So you're going to have to spend more to buy the same property that you would have done when you could have snapped it up now for a fraction less. So it, it is give and take. But, uh, you know, you, one of the things I always carry with me is what you said. You never buy a mortgage. You're not buying a mortgage. No, the no mortgage one wants is facilitating a mortgage. the house. No one wants a mortgage. You have to have a mortgage to get exactly. the property that you want. You're buying the parking. You're buying the back garden. You're buying the, the independence. Memories, the barbecues. Yeah, the, 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 the fires at Christmas. You know, your first Christmas together. Yep. Or your first Christmas with your friend. That's what you're buying. So mm-hmm. the rest of it should be irrelevant. It should just be, can I afford it? Is it in my budget? Yes. Can I protect myself on the downside? Yes. Do I love this place? Yes. All right, then I'm going to go for it because the newspapers can tell me all day long it's going to drop by 20%, but I'm going to live it for the next five, six, seven years of my life and I don't care. We're hoping it's going to go back up. Well, we can't say, you know, property will definitely go back up. Again <laughs> no, no, no. I'm because just saying that would be it's going quite to be, yeah, bad. But what we can say is if you look back at what, you know, any time in the past, whether it be five, eight, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, property over a long enough time scale has always kind of gone up because there's just it's not never enough not, around. It? So that's the thing. If you you know, get, it's never not gone down over a long period enough of time. time scale. No. So, you know, it's if you're going to ride it out, it's going to be your home. You're not going to be burning all that rent money. Just go and get yourself independence. Go and get your home. Go mm-hmm. and enjoy your life. Yep. I concur, mate. 100%. So, yeah, look, guys, you know, I just want to say thank you very much for all you for, for, for kind of listening um, and listening to kind of, you know, ramble about different bits and pieces. Um, if you can leave a review, it's absolutely brilliant because it, it helps us understand that we are definitely, you know, hopefully talking about things that are relevant and things that are kind of, you know, good guy you guys want to, you guys want to actually hear um so please take your time to kind of you know uh, leave a review and tell us how you feel tell us how we could do a bit, a bit better tell us if there's any more um, subjects that you want to cover off um otherwise all there is for me to say is thank you very much for listening and hopefully join us again soon so sometimes we may actually talk about mortgages and so on, which, as you know, is a regulated activity. So that kind of may form a financial promotion. So we just have to run through some risk warnings, basically. So first of all, we're talking about residential mortgages. Your home may be repossessed. Do not keep repayments on your mortgage. If we're talking about buy-to-let mortgages. Your property may be repossessed. If you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. We're talking about let-to-buy mortgages. Your property may be repossessed. If you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Uh, also, some buy-to-let mortgages are not regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. We've talked about lifetime home reversion plans. This lifetime mortgage home reversion plan. To understand features and risks, please ask for a personal illustration. If we happen to talk about debt consolidation we have to include the sentence think carefully before securing debts against your home your home may be repossessed do not keep up repayments on your mortgage if we haven't talked about second charges or secured loans your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it but if we talk about equity release a lifetime mortgage is not available for everyone it's important to seek financial advice before taking any action all other options available should be explored before choosing equity release interest is charged on both the original loan and interest that's been added the amount you own will increase over time reducing the equity left in your property potentially to nothing please discuss with your family and beneficiaries if we happen to talk about commercial lending. We have to let you know that commercial lending and some buy-to-let mortgages are not regulated by our financial conduct authority. And lastly, and most importantly, uh, Mortgage Monster is trade name of Just Mortgage Direct Limited, which is an appointed representative of the Open Work Partnership, trading style of Open Work Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.